On May 15th, Micah Hickson wrote an article on LifeSite News describing the subversion of the Second Vatican Council by Time magazine. Times reporter Robert Blair Kaiser was provided with a $20,000 a month expense account, which enabled him to invite the significant players at the council to his Sunday evening dinners, prompting Hickson to ask where the loose's $20,000 monthly checks really came from and whether this operation had any links to the U.S. government, since Time and the loose couple have been rumored to have had ties with U.S. intelligence. David Wemhoff, the author of the book John Courtney Murray, Time, Life, and the American Proposition, clearly indicates that this was the case. In his book's introduction, Wemhoff says that media mogul Henry R. Luce, founder and publisher of enormously influential magazines like Time and Life, used the CIA's doctrinal warfare program to turn the Catholic Church into a promoter of American ideas, such as the idea of religious liberty. Hickson based her article on another article by Robert Moynihan, who interviewed Kaiser in Rome in 2004, shortly after Kaiser's memoir, Clerical Error, was published. She feels that Moynihan's expose corroborates Archbishop Carl Maria Vigano's claims that the Second Vatican Council was manipulated. For example, in response to questions from LifeSite editor-in-chief John Henry Weston, the Italian prelate wrote last year that the council from its origin was made the object of a grave manipulation by a fifth column that penetrated into the very heart of the church that perverted its purposes as confirmed by the disastrous results that are before everyone's eyes. And who, you ask, was in charge of that fifth column? Hickson then says that somewhere else, Vigano spoke of a very deceptive project to infiltrate in some way into the church and that this project was linked with Freemasonry. So at last, we know the truth about who subverted Vatican II. The Freemasons did it. Well, that's not really what Moynihan said. He said, Quote, we urgently need a more full and accurate understanding of what happened at Vatican II in order to continue the task of receiving the council and interpreting it in the light of the perennial doctrine of the church handed down from the beginning, close quote. Whatever that entails, Hickson is looking forward to getting to the bottom of the Vatican II mystery. As Dr. Moynihan says, more research needs to be done. I hope so. Two, in order to learn more about who tried to influence the council and its message and whom they really served at the time. Dr. Moynihan announced that he will publish a second part of his essay on this topic. We look forward to reading it. Before we get our hopes up, however, it's worth noting that Moynihan deliberately omitted a significant part of the story. As he put it, he and Kaiser spoke at length about Kaiser's personal life, his marriage, and his divorce from his wife in the mid-1960s. What he told me, Moynihan continued, left me saddened, but I leave out that aspect of our conversation. It is dealt with from Kaiser's perspective at some length in clerical error. Conspicuous by its absence from Moynihan's report, was any mention of the name of the Jesuit Malachi Martin. 
Moynihan did mention that Frank McCool, the vice rector of the Biblicum, brought some extra, though uninvited, guests. Thurston Davis, Donald Campion, and Robert Graham, all editors of America, the U.S. Jesuit Weekly. So Moynihan was not Jesuit adverse. But leaving Malachi Martin's name out of that list was a bit like filming King Kong without the monkey. As anyone who has read Clerical Error knows, Malachi Martin is the main figure in that book. And the main story that book has to tell is how Martin seduced Kaiser's wife and then collaborated with her to have Kaiser declared insane and removed from his position as Vatican II reporter at Time magazine. But that tale, shocking as it is, is only half the story. The other half of the story involves Martin's role as a double agent at the Second Vatican Council. As Cardinal Bea's assistant, Martin was the crucial figure behind the writing of the Council's document on the Jews and other religions, which came to be known as Nostra Aetate. Martin used that position to subvert the Church's teaching on who killed Christ as an agent of both the American Jewish Committee and B'nai B'rith, two Jewish organizations which funneled money into his bank account through lucrative book contracts from big-name New York publishers. You will never learn these facts from LifeSite News or Mr. Moynihan's magazine, but you would have learned the full story if you had read The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit when it appeared 12 years ago. The second edition of The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit contains that story, along with 600 pages of new material, including new historical chapters on the Jewish involvement in the Aryan crisis of the 4th century and the Armenian genocide of 1915. Twelve years of meditating on the thesis of this book have convinced me that it describes a category of reality which cannot be ignored if you want to understand the fundamental conflict between Logos and anti-Logos at the heart of human history. Twelve years after the ADLs attempt to destroy me for telling the story you won't hear from Micah Hickson or Robert Moynihan, twelve years after that attempt failed, the second three-volume edition of the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit and its impact on world history is now available for purchase at culturewars.com and fidelitypress.org. <laughs> 